0: Started with the podcast. I was hoping that you could just uh, introduce yourself, tell us about briefly about where you grew up, went to college, medical school, and then what your role and institution is uh, currently.
1: Sure. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me. This is such a treat um, this afternoon. So Um, My name is Ashley Mills. I'm a third year uh, I am resident here at UC Davis. I'm also affiliated with Travis Air Force Base. I'm at the David Grant Medical Center. So I share my time between these two lovely hospitals. Uh, Born and raised in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, Was there until I graduated from high school. I went to George Washington University for undergrad. Uh, Lived there for about a year after that. Moved back to the New England area. Started a restaurant was there for about five years. Uh, During that time, while I was running the restaurant, I did a two-year post-baccalaureate program in pre-medical sciences at Brandeis University. Uh, They had a linkage program with GW, which brought me back to DC, back to my alma mater, and uh, then I ended up here.
0: Wow, I did not know that about the restaurant. So so tell us briefly about the restaurant.
1: Oh, it was wonderful. It was the busiest Ooh. few years of my life, definitely actually put in more hours doing that than I ever have here in uh, mm. an internal medicine residency. Now that we have our our duty hours we're <laughs> what, capped what, at that, what, what kind of
0: restaurant <laughs> was? It?
1: Uh, it was located at a golf course and uh, but open to the public. Mm. I would say sort of contemporary Italian, but then it being in Rhode Island, a lot of seafood, uh, fresh fresh fish. So really, really wonderful, wow. wonderful And is time. it
0: still open or did you, go?
1: um, it's still open. Yeah. It's wow. under new ownership now, mm-hmm. uh, under the sort of, um, under the guise of what I had created, it was open for about eight years and they just sold it to another uh, wow, restaurant group, huh. but still there. I still, I, I went there actually last year, last summer when I was home and, uh, Walked around and brought back a lot of memories. Happy to be here, though.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I think you may have just answered one of the questions I have for you later on. We'll, <laughs> we'll get to that. And we'll see. If, we'll see if I'm thinking correctly. So you're probably wondering why you're sitting here being interviewed for this podcast. I'm doing a series on bedside presentations and bedside rounding. It's, you know, as you know, it's kind of an interest of mine. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had the experience of interviewing some very well-known people around the country who've published uh, on the subject, as well as some people who are doing a lot of it, but, you know, are not Mm -hmm. known to the general program director, clerkship director community, or Mm -hmm. community of medical educators. So the other morning, we're on service. This is my last day on. You have two more days. So we've worked together for about 12 days straight here. And a few days ago, we were um, post Uh, getting three overnight admissions Mm -hmm. from our R2 night float and we heard all of those cases at the bedside and then we managed to see all the rest of our patients except for one who was still down in the ER waiting for psychiatric placement (laughs) (laughs) to a facility that may happen sometime in the next Mm -hmm. nine months or so. (laughs) Um, uh, So she was the only person we didn't go in bedside round on, uh, Mm -hmm. mainly intentionally because I don't think she would have it would have been good uh, for, for, anyone her, involved. for her yeah, yeah. to bring the whole team into the room. Uh, but in any case, uh, we'd done all that. We had brand-new interns. They had just come on that mm-hmm. Monday, and we managed to finish in our two-and-a-half-hour window that's allotted. Um, and as I was walking down the hallway, I heard you saying some things to the interns about bedside <laughs> rounds, and I all of a sudden realized that in these seven... Uh, interviews that I've done so far, there's no resident perspective mm-hmm. at all in there. It's all teacher, clinician, educator, you know, some program directors, mm-hmm. ex-program directors, and clerkship directors, etc. And so I wanted to um, ask you a little bit about this. And I thought you could start by telling me what exactly were you saying <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to, the, to the interns, and I think also our, our acting intern had come on, also.
1: Yes. Yes. So um, I was doing some active encouragement because it's definitely been, since I've come out here, it's been something that, um, it's been challenging to try and encourage the, the the students, the residents, and the interns to feel comfortable presenting at the bedside. Uh, it definitely puts a little more pressure, especially on the newer, the newer learners, the MS3s, to have to present. It adds that extra element of sort of pressure in a situation that's already, can be fairly stressful for them. So I was just trying to uh, encourage our new interns to see bedside rounding as a way to be more efficient to be team building and then also to give this extra um added experience for the patient and i really think it helps both us and the the, the patient as well it's the, my favorite part of the day is rounds mm-hmm. i really really enjoy it
0: and and so you said that you you think it's more efficient and in, in what ways do you because you know the literature nationally or in the medical literature says that residents tend to be the least, um, how should we say enthusiastic mm-hmm. about bedside rounds? Cause they see it frequently as being inefficient or, um, uh, blocking them getting their work done, which is taking care of those very same patients. But right. How do you see it as being more efficient
1: for me? I mean, and especially maybe it's more so it's the most efficient, I think for the, for the R2, R3 senior resident, um, for for my workflow, I find it to be the best. I mean, otherwise, table rounding is really the most boring thing for the R2 and R3 because you've already gone through all of the objective data in the computer. You've probably rounded on a lot of the patients, especially the sicker ones. And so to sit there and just have to you know stare at the wall and listen to the same information that you just read and wrote down yourself, regurgitated Mm -hmm. to you, not very um, inspiring. And so for me, I like to when we bring the presentation to the bedside, there's a lot more for me to appreciate during that experience. And you see how the patient is interacting. Um, it gives me an opportunity to kind of look at the patient's surroundings and make sure that they have everything they need. Do they need their bedside commode? Is there Foley still in? I'm writing our names on their board, updating the date on their whiteboard. It allows me some time. I tend to be a little fidgety, so it gives me some time in the room to sort of um, you know, do some housekeeping, update the nurse, make sure the nurse is aware of the plan. So, so in that sense, I, I think bringing it back to the bedside makes it extremely efficient because everyone's on the same page. The nurse knows what needs to be executed for the day. The patient knows what needs to be executed so they can advocate for themselves. And, you know, if it's a discharge, they, we find out what pharmacy they want their meds sent to. They're calling Aunt June to come pick them up. Um, and, you know, everyone's aware of the plan and, and the attending is with you as well. And so the plan tends to not change. Whereas I, you know, earlier in the year, I wasn't as ambitious about doing bedside rounding. And mm-hmm. um, it, I found it to be a challenge because when the attending made it to do their own rounds, you know, at 2 p.m. getting a tiger text here or a message there, hey, switch that to Ivy Lasix. Actually, we should consult this service. And then you're getting, you know, a grouchy... You know nephrology resident or excuse me fellow who isn't happy about the 3 p.m consult so so that's why i could go on and on about
0: got this it, <laughs> well, well what do you well actually i want to digress for a second because you were talking about you not being you said fidgety was the word you used and i have noticed you're 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 seldom at steady state yeah you're usually moving <laughs> on, doing something entering orders or or examining something but um i have noticed that um any patient who has food on their tray, <laughs> that you're immediately cutting up their French toast or sausages or chopping up their eggs <laughs> so they can eat it better. What, what is that? What's going on there?
1: I think it's just my nature. My mom was always, my mom's hosted every holiday growing up and has fed the masses. Um, she's a great cook. I love to cook on my off, you know, my off time. And even even after rounds, I'm making sure do you, to my interns, do you have a snack? What are we eating? When are we eating? Let's, <laughs> let's great. order boba. Uh-huh. So I'm always making sure people are eating, but especially our patients is, you know, the older ones are those who are maybe a little encephalopathic. Um, you know, the tray gets brought in, it's 10 feet from their bed. Uh-huh. They can't get out and yep. then they're not asking for it. And so just trying to Set them up for success.
0: Uh-huh. And I noticed this morning you zipped off for a second, left us in the dust, and, <laughs> and got a, a, a big plastic thing of ice chips for one of our patients that was thirsty. Which, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know the patients truly appreciate. <laughs> what do you think the hidden message is there to the students and the interns that are watching that, or maybe not? I so think hidden. I,
1: feel, I think one thing that I try to impart on my my learners is that there's no there's no job that you're too big from like you might have a professional degree you have some letters after your name but you can change a diaper you can do a road test you can put lotion on their venous stasis dermatitis Mm -hmm. Um, and so and that's, that's the rich part of medicine. That's the best part. Those are the, that's why I bedside round because we have these beautiful little moments that we share with our patients that, you know, that show that we truly care, um, in a way that they can't see when we're just sort of playing Tamagotchi with the computer and repleting their electrolytes. And so, yeah, that's what I try to, to show by doing that. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's interesting. There's this, have you heard the term hidden curriculum? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that Unfortunately, well, for better or for worse, the term hidden curriculum uh, has negative connotations. It's mm-hmm. the things you see done in the clinical environment by your teachers, your residents or whatever, that you were taught not to do. Um, and so people think of the hidden curriculum only as that, but as some of the um, people who speak about it nationally have pointed out, the hidden curriculum is also what you're doing. It's like nobody ever taught any of us in medical school mm-hmm. to cut up the french toast for the woman who has no teeth right <laughs> and uh or can't chew it fully so that that's part of the hidden curriculum they're seeing you do things that um they might not otherwise as you put mm-hmm. it they might think that's below their level of skill set um, and never do that so i think you're conveying a lot of things to them without saying it because yeah. i've never seen you say anything about it mm-hmm. although you looked very sad when you, <laughs> offered, you, you offered that a glazed donut
1: oh my was gosh the yeah.
0: to our slightly depressed patient who hadn't smiled in two days yeah. and she turned it down but she smiled as she turned it down so and what do you learn about your learners when you're at the bedside with them oh like my
1: them? gosh you learn you learn so much and it's it's a great it's a great way to see them Um, and again, it was sort of going along with either hidden curriculum or things that are hard to teach. And, you know, you can obviously teach the academic didactic medical knowledge, but, um, and you can, you obviously teach doctoring, but the sort of the subtleties of medicine, um, how to walk into a room, how to approach a patient, how to read the patient, right? Do they want to be engaged with, um, do they not want to be engaged with what, you know, sort of the, the subtlety to it uh, and seeing how the younger learners approach that. Um, you're, you're able to get a good feel for if they if they sort of get it or if they're not quite getting it and then able to give on the fly sort of coaching on how, on how to do it better. And so that's, that's why I love it so much. And then uh, just to see how they interact with their patient when they're presenting. Uh, usually early in the year, it's just sort of holding a white sheet of paper up over their face and sort of regurgitating some numbers. <laughs> oh but then as as they sort of blossom, and even just from day one in the rotation to the end of the month, they they tend to to like it, and there's a warmth, and you can tell the patient's kind of face gets brighter when, when we all walk in, and they recognize the student, and it gives them a sense of um, a sort of authority in the situation and a sense of importance, whereas just them regurgitating the the hemoglobin isn't very fulfilling for them i doubt on rounds so
0: so what do you you know i think there's uh probably residents who've had experiences uh and and you don't have to get into your experience <laughs> with me here on the national <laughs> podcast international actually there's people that listen to this oh, podcast wow. in australia and oh, saudi arabia and
1: so now i'm really friends. wondering why you asked for me to come here yes, this right. is you be above famous. my pay no. grade <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but, but there are probably residents that have worked with attendings who get in the room and have trouble getting out of the room, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Right. Like get lost in the forest a little bit or go mm-hmm. off the tracks. Um, right. What, what do you say to residents who had that experience and have trouble reigning in or reigning out their um, their attendings?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's part of the beauty and the imperfection of... Of medicine in the process and there's definitely days when like oh shoot we should not gone and we should not have gone and seen you know Mr. X because he was ornery and he you know yelled at the med student slapped the nurse and this you know kind of made a kerfuffle so that's that's part of it and you learn from that. Um, I think what I tend to do if I know that that's been an issue in the past and sometimes it takes one or two days of rounding with someone to learn what they're habits are I tend to pick and choose which patients we really need to prioritize seeing, aside from just going based on gravity in the hospital, actually picking who who would be appropriate versus someone who maybe um you should hold off and you can just table around on. And then also I tend to set little timers and boundaries okay this next presentation will be five minutes or okay we have you know maybe two to three more minutes and we'll make this a quick one and just kind of remind everyone as we're walking into the room maybe in that particular encounter i'll be the face the leader of the group just so i know mm-hmm. we can easily say goodbye to the patient and sneak out if we have to huh
0: yeah, I have had a couple of residents who like to point at their watch if, I, mm. if my teaching goes on to Oh, yeah.
1: gosh. <laughs> have I done that?
0: No, you do haven't you? done that. You didn't, I, I just <laughs> followed your lead wherever we went.
1: I just walk out and find juice and crackers for the patient. <laughs> there
0: you go. That's, that's actually why you're doing that, I guess.
1: <laughs> so
0: did you do a lot of bedside rounding when you were a student?
1: When I was a student, so we we would do the... Formula of rounding outside of the room,
0: mm-hmm. and, then go,
1: hell away like and then go Holloway, and then and then go in. Some yes, them. exactly. Yeah. And there were usually three computers on wheels that each of the re- you know each of the interns would have, and then we would make okay. our way through the hospital, mm-hmm. which which definitely made it seamless and easy. I think that at, at UC Davis there's plenty of computers for us to get access to, but it's nice when I think it takes a little bit of the the burden off of the intern who you know completing all of their orders and notes for the day is sort of why they might find rounding to be mm-hmm. you know bedside rounding to be a challenge. If they have their computer with them, they can if they're not presenting, they can kind of type away and work on they stuff. Put but, orders in. but yeah, we would for the most part, I, I it rarely did we table round rarely.
0: Uh-huh. but but did you were you likewise, were you rarely doing the presentation at the bedside in front of the patient? <laughs>
1: I would say it would...
0: <laughs> I can't believe it. That was my pager. <laughs> I should call them back and tell them to really. Oh no, okay.
1: okay. Do you need to get that? No. Oh, okay. Looking back, I think maybe for a new patients. So we didn't have the same pickup system that we have here where an overnight R2 presents their page stays through rounds to present. Mm-hmm. We would just be gifted five new patients from the overnight team and then we'd be scrambling in the morning to put some a cohesive presentation together and so those presentations we would for the most part do at the bedside but i would say 80 85 was Mm -hmm. door jam rounds okay yeah Uh
0: and what do you think of that as compared to going in and doing bedside presentations because again i think most of our days we've seen almost all the patients Although, you know, it's never my goal to see every single one. We've come close to seeing
1: Pretty much, every yeah. single
0: one every day, d- despite how busy we've been mm-hmm. in the last two weeks.
1: Mm-hmm. I would say it's, it's fine. I think that bedside rounding is, is superior. Um, I think you get more, the, the patient's benefit more from it. Mm-hmm. And I think it shortens the experience. Otherwise, there's sort of a 10-minute discussion outside of the room. And then there's a 10-minute discussion rehashing everything with the patient inside of the room. Plus, you come into issues with... Uh, patient privacy and there's a lot of distractions in the hallway sometimes so I think bedside is probably mm-hmm. superior in my in my eyes
0: yeah it's interesting one of the interviews I did was with a faculty over at UCSF who's, mm. who did a study on this actually and um, they actually found that the uh, group that was randomized I don't know if they were randomized but assigned to do bedside rounds they finished an average of 10 minutes earlier every day. Wow. Though the resident perception, interesting enough, was that they were taking longer. And when I asked him why he thought that was that they were more efficient despite being at the bedside, he said that he thought the discussions were more focused and not they didn't go down a rabbit hole that you might go down when you're in a conference room or in the hallway. You know, that there's the patient. You're talking about that patient and that patient only. Right. So there's less of that. Even though there couldn't be just as much teaching that's happening as you're right. In there. So.
1: Right. And yeah, we haven't even broached that yet. I think that's the the most yeah, valuable tell me, experience. Tell me, tell me yeah. About that. Well no, because you're actually able to versus, you know, when the student says they report you know, say we're table rounding and they report their, you know, basilar crackles, or they think there's two plus edema in the lower extremities, and then oh yeah yeah we'll go back later in the day. That's Never works. Happen. Never happens. <laughs> yeah, between the discharges and the admissions and yeah. the everything else that goes on in, in a given day, and so to actually have them say what they see, to explain it, to explain a rash while we're all staring at it, to explain the patient's general appearance um and actually be able to verify that and then give immediate correction or immediate you know accolades if they if they assess correctly and so i think that's that's been exciting too and i think that's the students really take away a lot from it and the interns and the residents i learn something new on rounds you know
0: every day what would you say to the country <laughs> <laughs> international international yes, don't sell yourself short <laughs> yes, to, to the world um How do you get more physicians who work in the hospital? I mean, one of the podcasts is on, you'll be interested, because you're going into primary care, I understand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, One of the presentations that you'll be interested in listening to is uh, an interview with Jenny Wright up at UW, who does exam room presentations. That's awesome. So being in the outpatient setting does not preclude that happening. Right. But what do you say to the, you know, whether you're outpatient, inpatient, um, how do we get more people back to the bedside.
1: It's almost like you need to sort of train for it. And it's, there's some definitely growing pains the first few days. Uh, it's like working out, you know, the first few days, it's but mo- moans, bones, groans, you know, everything's kind of sore and it's a little awkward and maybe we're not that efficient and our consults come in late because we were at the bedside. But then once you become a cohesive unit and it's locked in and people, everyone understands what is an appropriate bedside presentation and, you know, if the, the intern doesn't feel afraid to sneak off and go call a consult or put in antibiotics on someone that just spiked a fever and so we're we're having active working rounds while we're making our way through the hospital it ends up being wonderful but it takes a few days of getting used to Mm -hmm. but you just sort of have to be committed to it Mm -hmm. like a good workout program or something like that
0: yeah and i guess there's also the culture issue if you Mm -hmm. are in a program where no one ever goes to the bedside or rounds at the bedside or does presentations at the bedside that's probably a hard thing to overcome as well right
1: And I think setting the (laughs) expectations with your team beforehand. So, you know, the first day when I give my spiel, um, usually hand out snacks. (laughs) I tend to say, you know, I prepare everyone. Because the worst thing is when you say, okay, go in right now and, you know, explain everything. Yeah. So they can sort of mentally prepare and maybe take a few deep breaths and pop their propranolol beforehand (laughs) so they're ready to go. Um, And kind of telling them what you expect and what things they can Maybe think about omitting versus what's important to include, and just kind of sets the standard. I think that's helpful. And also, I prepare every morning. I tend I come out with a little bit of a map, um, especially at our hospital because we're you can you can put. I mean, I've walked at least twenty thousand. Steps at some points in this hospital on different call days, and so having a good roadmap for where to go, mm-hmm. although sometimes they do lead us astray.
0: <laughs> Very rarely, <laughs> although we did follow you into a dead end this morning. True, but
1: there's yeah. not, yeah, Google Maps yeah. doesn't work in the hospital, mm-hmm. unfortunately.
0: And since you're also talking to the greater UC Davis community, mm-hmm. how, how do you feel about like what percent of the time when you've been on medicine you've been doing bedside rounds?
1: So I would say, so for medicine specifically, which I really haven't done, aside, I mean, this year it's been two months worth, and we've done a lot because it's I get to run the show, but the last two years, or I guess the last two years, I really didn't do that much time on wards, but when I did, I would say... 80% of it was table rounds, mm-hmm. you know, we always bedside rounds as a sort of protocol bedside rounds on the new pickups in the morning that we get yeah. from the overnight mm-hmm. residents, but otherwise we're, we're table rounding. And I mean, the, the good thing about that, like we've joked about, you know, you can have unlimited donuts and coffee while you're sitting at the table. And it's nice cause you, it's a little easier to pull up some of the imaging if you want to mm-hmm. review imaging or, um, you know, kind of Google something on the fly, some physiology that you want to Refresh your memory on. But yeah, for the most part, it is pretty common here. Definitely more common than, mm-hmm. than presenting at the bedside.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess we got some work to do in that, yeah. in that area. But hopefully, this <laughs> podcast will convince everyone right. to get out there and sort of get out of that thin ice. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's, it's uh, back going back to the 80s, or was reference to bedside rounds as being out on thin ice because you never, well, the fun of it is mm-hmm. seeing the patient, oh, of and course. hearing from them, and talking to them. You never really know what's going to happen, and exactly. sometimes the ice cracks and oh boy. breaks, and you we've all through.
1: been there. Yes, right. yes, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure
0: we've had that experience. No,
1: week. it's been fine. We've had beautiful moments, like the the woman that you know said grace over her food and we all you know stood Lated. around her quietly uh-huh. you know and appreciated that moment that was sort of a beautiful one I've had some actually a f- very funny one at GW and definitely wasn't expecting it a lady who was admitted very encephalopathic bordering you know borderline obtunded, and then the next day she's sitting up in bed watching TV and they had uh, a movie network subscription at GW and it was a very racy R rated movie <laughs> with a very <laughs> sexually suggested scene and it was, and she's watching it, you know, eating her pancakes, and we had the whole encounter in front of her while this very racy scene was going on, yeah. um, and it just, oh, it had me, I was laughing, so I had to, <laughs> I had to leave the room, it was too funny, yeah. but it, she woke up and was <laughs> yep. really enjoying
0: the show. Yeah, and it's, I think, good for the whole team to see that. Of course. The day that oh, we attended, loved it. The next yeah. the you know, how much little black can, <laughs> can do the trick. Um, I think those are the main questions I had for you. No, I had one last question. No, you met. You're in the Travis program. Mm-hmm. Was I supposed to be calling you Captain Doctor or Doctor <laughs> Captain or you're a Captain.
1: Captain Mills MD? No.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'll salute for now. Yeah. I see you. Do you have anything else you wanted to say in the context of you know bedside presentations and rounds?
1: I just I really can't emphasize how wonderful of an experience it will be, but you have to stick to it. And kind of break through the growing pains, and then once you once your team becomes efficient at it, I think your day will be more enjoyable. Your team will come together. Your patients benefit from it. The nurses are happy. You get less pages in the afternoon from nurses looking for you know this extraneous order and that and wondering when, what the plan is. Um, and then it saves time not having to go back in the afternoon and update all the patients on on everything and
0: and families sometimes. and
1: family right exactly everyone's on the same page you know by 11am every day which is how it should be so i really can't support it enough i love it like i said best it's the best part of my day